Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. known to be one of the most fearless journalists in the world. He kicks ass and chews bubblegum at the same time. He is Shepard Ambellis. And you are listening to The Shepard Ambellis Show. Without further ado, here is your host, Shepard Ambellis. We're back. We got a good episode planned. Bethany Adani's with us. Aaron Cole is with us. Keith Smith will be joining us here shortly. We're going to be talking about Bitcoin, Bitcoin ATMs, the central banking system, uh, digital currencies, the World Economic Forum, and more. The special caveat at the end of that. So we'll get into all that with Keith Smith coming up. And I want to give a shout out to Rained Out Rantcast on Ambella's Talk Network. His show airs Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, ATN.Live, Rained Out Rantcast. Don't forget to check out his show live. Go there, support it, and also check out the rebroadcasts. He's doing a good job. This Sunday will be episode number three on ATN.Live. And we're going to be having other shows coming to the network. I got wrapped up all week, but over the weekend, I'm going to be revamping the website a little bit and adding some new shows and their banners and pages and all that. So that's going to go up on the website as well. Don't forget to support the network. If you like what you're hearing, we're still in some of the beginning phases, but we are implementing lots of stuff as we go on. Um, Lots of stuff in the news, just everything, I guess, in general. Um, I was looking at the Drudge Report. Like some of the headlines fall into like the shackled to silence category. I guess you could say like this one. Uh, entire towns underwater in Kentucky following catastrophic flooding. So, you know, we're still dealing with this weather um, issues. A lot of people are saying weather modification now. Of course, the Russians had scalar technologies way back in the 60s, the 50s. A.C. Griffith was talking about that over a decade ago on my show. Back when I was on American Freedom Radio, now we're on Ambella's Talk Network, the wave of the future, uncensored, delivering you uh, information and news and views, I guess in a way that is entertaining. Some people like it. Um, 
I don't know what the other shows are going to do. We're going to see the Aaron Coles shows coming uh, this weekend. Uh, I believe he's going to do his first show. Aaron, are you going to do a show this weekend? Yes, I am down Saturday. for that. I'm going to be covering some uh, kind of stuff we're going to be talking about today in, in a way with uh, with funny money and kind of like this zombie banking system we got going on right now. So, so it'll I, kind of tie into what we're doing today. I got to get your show added to the thing. I'll probably do that today and um, put everything up. So that will be 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central on Saturday. Is that what we, on Sunday or Saturday? What, what were we saying? We're thinking 8 a.m. Saturday. Oh, a.m. That's right. 8 a.m. Saturday. Central. That's 9 yeah, a.m. Eastern. 8 Central. Aaron Cole, the Cole Report. Yeah, so check that out. Yes, I'm excited about that. I got to get those uh, show graphics up and everything. But, yeah, support the network because it's not a uh, – I mean, just even the base operating costs aren't aren't cheap. So we could just got to keep it going for now and we'll grow it out. So um, if anyone wants to help out, um, what else in the news? I pulled out one of my laptops so I could uh, scroll through the news separately because like, I'm like, I don't really like to have, have um, excuse me, a lot of ta- tabs open on my computer, but um, lately there's been a lot of tabs open and it's just like a total nightmare. So. I thought I'd just get out the old laptop. Um, what have you guys seen anything going on today? We Do we got any clips there? And I know um, there's just a bunch of like worthless news, but it's in like every, it's going every direction today on the Drudge Report. Yeah, um, there's, there's a little bit of this and that. I guess the biggest thing was uh, what came out of the, the Federal Reserve and whoever declares uh, kind of like these uh, quarterly earnings. And uh, we are, by the normal definition that's gone on before, we are in a recession now. I think we dipped uh, point, point 0.9%, and they were expecting a, a 0.4% growth. So, of course, the the White House, they're going to downplay that and be like, oh, look at all these jobs we got. But all, jobs are kind of a lagging indicator for the way the economy is going. But it's it's not looking great. That was probably the biggest thing that came out, and then just all the the backpedaling from that. Uh, as far as clips, I found this clip of Trump talking uh, two days ago about uh, executing drug dealers. If y'all want to give that a listen, it's kind of bizarre. Yeah, let's get this it. Guy's... Yeah, I guess he was executing drug dealers or what? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. That I guess crazy. he wants to kill all the drug dealers. Which you know, there's there's it's kind of a deep topic, but it's not a really good look for, for, for somebody that's, you know, lumping all these people into one category, but let's give this a listen real quick. That don't have any problem. It doesn't take 15 years in court. It goes quickly and you absolutely, you execute a drug dealer and you'll save 500 lives because they kill on average 500 people. It's terrible to say, but you take a look at every country in this world that doesn't have a problem with. Okay, so he doesn't give any context to it. Uh, I'll try to find, and we can, maybe we can follow up later about if he's talking about like fentanyl or the local guy on the corner selling dime bags. It, it's just, it's not something that he should be kind of advertising like that. It, it gives him kind of a bad look, unless you're going for like the very far... Uh-huh. 
kind of conservative people, I guess. I guess this. Well, uh, go ahead, Bethany. Well, why doesn't he talk about the banks, banks and banksters that are all involved in all that industry and that trade, too? I mean, let's start there. That sounds like a good idea to me. They're killing a lot more people than 500. What about the guy in Florida who is accused of selling a toxic industrial bleach as a coronavirus cure? I guess this guy was uh, selling this at this uh, Florida-based church, and uh, he returned to the United States after being in Colombia uh, and was arrested. So, but this was, remember when Trump mentioned something like that? Because Trump was talking about, um, can't we just put bleach in the blood or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, and it's like light up the butt and bleach in your veins. Yeah, he, well, he apparently talks, this guy took it serious. And, <laughs> I think it's some people like tell him a thing and then he just starts spouting off on it without really ever looking into it. And we could all be guilty of that sometimes, but he's supposed to be somebody that carries a lot of repercussion when he says stuff. I so. wonder if that would work. That'd be crazy if that actually worked, like you pump a little bleach in your blood. Mm. This <laughs> seems so bizarre. I did find the question find, is: Does he blink though when he's talking and spouting off? Does he blink? Oh, that's a good question. right. Maybe he's reptilian. <laughs> We're gonna bring our guest on, Keith Smith. Uh, it's good to have him back on the show. He came on season one, and he's the director of sales and business development at Chain Bytes Bitcoin ATMs and owner of BuyBTMs.com. Welcome to the show, Keith Smith. Thank you for having me on, Chip. How you doing? Oh, you know, just uh, hanging in there, uh, doing the old uh, radio show, season two. Uh, so far, we haven't had too many technical difficulties. Like, we were playing at the end of season one, all of a sudden, we almost just like hung it up and like regrouped. Uh, but it's been going well. The, we're building out the network, stuff like that. Uh, but we so far, we haven't been talking much crypto. Um, or Bitcoin or anything like that. So this is super exciting. And I know the listeners want to hear, uh, well, about you and what you do, because that within itself is fascinating. I find it, um, you know, I mean, you've achieved an awful lot and these Bitcoin ATMs are intriguing to me, uh, but then also getting into uh, the other aspects of the crypto and whatnot. Keith Smith, I'll just let you kind of have the floor, maybe tell people a little bit about you and and go on. Absolutely. So uh, I'll try to summarize this. Um, I, I grew up in a libertarian family, uh, been in uh, been in Bitcoin for quite a few years since 2013, started researching it back in like, you know, 2011, 2012. Um, thought it was going to be a fad. Before that, I was in the gold and silver and uh, protesting the Federal Reserve. So I have a long history of, you know, being in this like, you know, uh, libertarian philosophy. Uh, student of Austrian economics. I I love I, I love, you know, sound money. And that's what it all boils down to with what we've been living in in all these years, which led me to Bitcoin and the current events that are happening right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been saying this stuff for years and people are finally coming back and they're like, yeah, 20 years ago, you said this was gonna happen one day. And yeah, I guess, you know, I, I, I figured it was gonna happen any day, <laughs> but here yeah. we are today and it's happening. And it's actually a tidbit worse than I thought because, you know, um, I never thought that I'd actually uh, have to argue with people that I'm not going to eat bug burgers. Oh yeah, that's the new thing. Uh, so, the 
Well, we can get into that here, I guess, in a yeah. little bit. But I mean, that's that's we were talking about some stuff like that on the show here and there and tossing around the Soylent Green. And um, but, yeah, that's going to make for an interesting conversation because uh, you're going to tie this all in. And, you know, we know the globalists basically run the show and, you know, they they manage the slaves, apparently. They don't want us to eat anything good, anything wholesome or anything alive. Uh, you know, they, they serve us all these dead vegetables and fruits and all this stuff uh, or green ones that aren't even ripe. Um, they spray them with all these chemicals. It's crazy. But uh, let's eventually tie this all in because it all links together. What um, what what got you into the crypto in the first place? Because I, I think you told me this story in season one and that is really fascinating within itself yeah sure so um i actually i i owned a painting company at the time and i got into a debate with a federal reserve banker and it was about monetary policy and i got into a debate with him at a paint store and the debate basically went i i explained mountain hours and ithic hours which were two forms of uh paper currency that were based about uh, based upon hours wages averages in local communities within the United States. They were designed in such a way to keep money within the town so it wouldn't flee the town to big corporations. And thus, you know, the local families can, you know, uh, keep wealth, you know, within their families. Now, um, so I discussed that as one of the options. And then obviously I fell back on gold and silver. I was a huge gold and silver bug. And he was he just kept on blowing me off about that. And so I ended the you know, what basically ended the whole argument was bringing up Bitcoin. And that's what interested him. So then he looked really interested and he started asking me about it. And I didn't know much about it. So I was just like, hey, it's a decentralized currency on the Internet. Nobody controls it. And he's like, and 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 how's it going to replace the dollar? How's it going to replace the dollar? You know, how how are you going to do better than me? And I didn't have an answer. So I lost I lost that debate and I decided I was going to research Bitcoin. I was going to prove that there is no possible way that Bitcoin could be as gold as good as gold and silver as sound money. And so I spent over a year researching it. And then one day it clicked and I realized I was wrong. And I and it's a hard thing coming to grips with, you know, your whole reality, you know, like here, your champion gold and silver as the best solution. And there is something better. And, and, and it's not meant to replace gold and silver. It's meant to complement it. What so, what uh, what finally clicked with you when you realized that um, did you just start really realizing this was go going to be the wave of the future or like how did you kind of come to that realization? I realized when I when I realized that nobody could could control it because with gold and silver it's heavily controlled by central banks and governments, so they corner markets and they essentially do the same thing that they do with the money supply. Well, what they used to do with the money supply and they uh, practice fractional reserve banking with what they have. Like for example, Fort Knox is supposed to have all the gold, but there is no gold in Fort Knox. So that's just, it's a big fraud. And so there's actually less gold on the market than there is, you know, supposedly, which means that gold is way undervalued. But they do this on purpose because they don't want people to flee to gold and silver. And they figured out a way to corner the market. And that's by controlling the whole, uh, the, the supply of gold. Gold isn't portable. 
So you're you, you can't you know you can carry one coin around, but try sending a coin around the world without it getting stolen. Uh, this is one of the re- gold is one of the reasons that we have fiat. Uh, one of the ways that, you know, Great Britain was uh, buying buying weapons and uh, fuel from the United States during the Great Wars, they were shipping ships full of gold. Well, guess what? The Germans started sinking those gold ships. And as those ships sunk, they lost their gold and the payment never arrived to America. and They never got their supplies. So instead, the United States was like, look, why don't you just write us some IOUs and, you know, we can make we, we can work it out after the fact. And welcome fiat banking, right? So yeah. this was, you know, portability is a big issue when it comes to gold. But you can't program gold. You can't do things with gold that you can with Bitcoin. And that's where it really clicked with me. I was like, the technology behind Bitcoin allows it to be programmable. But it's it's got consensus behind it. And that means that everybody agrees. It's not just, you know, one Federal Reserve board chairman that decides, you know, okay, well, like like they just decided, oh, uh, uh, we're going to drop the interest rates, right? Uh, or we're going to raise the interest rates and then the whole economy goes into recession. There is no, one, you know, group of people that do that. Bitcoin is sovereign from that. And it's mutable from such people. And because of that, it has that power. And I just, uh, after that clicked, I was like, well, this is really something that could grow into something big. And it could be as big as, you know, countries will use this to settle, uh, you know, trade. Like, for example, gas, uh, natural gas or oil. Um, I mean, we have a war right now in Europe where, you know, it's a war of energy. Well, Bitcoin itself is actually, it. It is a way to monetize energy. When you when you mine Bitcoin, not you use a lot. You use a lot of energy, and a lot of energy that uh, like when you're doing oil and fracking, there's a lot of methane that goes up into the atmosphere. They just burn that off. There's no electricity actually generated for that. Well, now we have energy companies looking at all that free energy that they just burn off into the atmosphere. And they're like, we could actually be mining Bitcoin with this. And so they're mining Bitcoin and they're turning that energy that would be a tax write off into actual money. This is a Bitcoin's kind of got an attachment to the the energy industry. And since the dollar itself is the petrodollar, it does compete with the dollar in that fashion. So, you know, I, I that all kind of clicked and I didn't really I did not see how fast it would happen. And so how well and how fast Bitcoin has grown over the years, it, it's definitely grown a lot, you know, a lot better than I thought it would. Yeah, you're right. It's all it's all uh, exploded pretty quick and uh, it's had its ups and downs. Um, sometimes we see Bitcoin fluctuate. Uh, this year was a good example. It uh, tanked down a little bit. I know long-term investors probably aren't worried, but can you explain the up and down cycles of crypto and uh, how these um, pumps work as well? Yeah, absolutely. So um, with with any emerging market, like something that's just uh, hit the market, it becomes very volatile because it's in fewer hands. And being in fewer hands, uh, fewer people have, you know, opportunity to buy and sell it. 
And so what we see with Bitcoin is as it ages, it becomes less volatile. I mean, we think we, you, you look at this big drop. Yeah, there was a big drop in the market. But every time it goes through this market cycle, which it, if you look back in its history, it continues to have the same market cycle. It drops less. It becomes more stabilized. And so there's a theory and it's called hyper Bitcoinization. And that's the point where Bitcoin takes off and everybody adopts it every and has adopted across the board. At that point, will it will it fluctuate the way it does? And, you know, uh, mathematically, economically, no, it won't. And that's because it'll become so liquid that there's just no reason for it to jump up and down in those prices anymore. It'll be widely used. And that's that's basically the plan of all Bitcoiners. That's why Bitcoiners try to get people to use Bitcoin because they want the average guy, uh, the, you know, the, the average guy working at the gas station or the construction worker. They want them to have the same opportunities, which the big guys are doing right now. And I can assure you that all the wealthiest CEOs and, you know, bankers and politicians, they're stacking Bitcoin. And they're doing that because they know that it's inevitable. And they they don't want to be left out. They don't want to have to buy Bitcoin once it you know goes up to you know tens of millions of dollars of Bitcoin. Securing a small supply now, even like a little hundred dollars worth, you know, just yeah, buy it, put it aside. That that hundred dollars worth, it's most likely going to go up in value. And you're going to look back at that decision. Your biggest and biggest thing you're going to have is you're going to have a regret of not buying more. I know that's how I feel. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, I think this this one big jump that we just saw when it went up to sixty something uh, a Bitcoin was people getting all this this funny money from from the government with stimulus and stuff like that. So I think that was one reason, kind of why it took off. And then maybe they needed to kind of pull that out to start using some some of the the fiat money to uh, start paying off bills and stuff. And that's why it kind of went down. Well. Um... Yes and no. So, I, and I agree with you to a point. Uh, it, it went up because it was going to go up. It always does. Every time that the Bitcoin uh, network halves, the amount of Bitcoin that is being added to the supply, it always goes up and it'll, it'll do the same thing four years from that date. And it'll go up really high. So it, it always does that every four years. But what makes it different this time was that funny money, all that funny money entering into the system. People, they, they were buying Dogecoin, Shiba Inu coin, buying anything they could, you know, flip a buck on and buying Bitcoin. And that just uh, that injected a lot of fake money into the system, which made it go up way too fast. It went up faster than normal. So typically that would have. That would have happened about six months after the fact when it started. And because it happened so early, I think that that is all that funny money that went into the system. Now, because it jumped up like that with all that funny money, I think that actually hurt the market because all that funny money is going into the system. Guess what? All that funny money is debasing the value of that system. <laughs> so, you know, people were buying all that Bitcoin and then it went up and then when it, it tried to go up and it did a double top and then it dumped. And that's just uh, that's what happens when you've got worthless money chasing a very valuable good. Now, um, they say that crypto isn't really, uh, you know, you can't really control it outside of the blockchain or whatever or manipulate it. Um, but they've talked about regulating it, different governments. Um, do you see them trying to regulate Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies 
or oh, it's our yeah, absolutely. It's it's already heavily regulated. You know, I'm in the Bitcoin ATM business, and you can't just buy Bitcoin ATM and start a Bitcoin ATM business. You have to be licensed with the federal government. You have to have a compliance program. You have to uh, sit there and you have to file reports on suspicious activity. You have to. There's a lot of things you have to do. You have to do blockchain surveillance, um, and they 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 put these regulations in effect. But this affects businesses that deal with Bitcoin. It doesn't affect the individual. So if I have some Bitcoin, you want to buy some Bitcoin off me and, you know, you give me some, you know, worthless fiat currency, I give you some Bitcoin. There's nobody that can stop that. It's unstoppable. And that is where it's, they can't regulate that. And they'll, will, it's just kind of like uh, 3D printers where you can 3D print a gun. That yeah. rendered the whole gun control mm-hmm. um, argument obsolete. They, 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 they can't win. They, they, they'll, never, they'll never be able to get rid of the guns. So it, it's the same idea. They'll never be able to get rid of Bitcoin. They'll try to get their piece. And that's essentially the way that they're trying to slow things down. But as they're slowing things down, Bitcoin and crypto is always a step ahead. The entire DeFi space, everything's growing faster than then they can regulate it. And the best time for them to like outlaw Bitcoin was back in like 20, uh, 2011. It was before like I even got in. So like they're that late. And every time that they, you know, try to hire people to work on it, those people flee. They, they jump the system. They're like, well, you know, they, they might be a banker or regulator. Uh, look at uh, uh, the, the, the previous comptroller uh, for, uh, I think, Donald Trump. He is he is the CEO of uh, Bitfury, the largest uh, Bitcoin miner in the United States. That's the future. That, that that's a guy that uh, he dealt with the you know um, uh, l- looking over money in the United States. <laughs> so that just shows you like you know they eventually jump ship because they see hey you know I'm not going to be on this ship that's going down. I'm going to be on the ship of the future. But right. that's where they kind of want to that's where we can tie in central bank digital currencies. We're with uh, we're with Keith Smith. His website is buybtms.com. He's given us all this good information. Uh he, and he's going to start tying in the central bankers uh to this, which is I mean, it's a it's I figured they would have already done something to, you know, block people from using Bitcoin by now. But um, I'm I'm assuming they plan on launching all their own operations or something. You know, that's in the back of my head. But also, um, we can't forget to talk about mining operations, too. I wanted to mention that to you, Keith, because a lot of people don't know about mining operations and miners. So just keep that uh, on your list. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I can summarize mining pretty simply. I mean, uh, a lot of people want to look into the actual specifics of mining and and how mining works. But, you know, the typical person cannot mine Bitcoin. Uh, You can buy a miner and essentially what it does is it subsidizes the heating of your house so you can pay your heating cost. Uh, but other than that, you're not really going to uh, make any money off of you're not going to compete with the big guys who are buying uh, crates and crates and crates of miners. And they're setting them up on gas wells in West Virginia and Pennsylvania, and they're mining Bitcoin with all this money that is initial startup cost is cost prohibitive to anyone. But if you think of it like this, nobody really know when you talk to the average person, you say, hey, how's the dollar work? Well, they don't know how the dollar works. 
most people that think they know how the dollar works don't know how the dollar works and how the dollar works changes all the time behind the scenes. So technically, nobody really knows how the dollar works. Um, with Bitcoin, we know how it works and you can look at the code. and You can see how it works. It's complicated. It's not easy. But it serves a purpose, and that purpose is proof of work. Uh, proof of work is different than proof of stake because it requires the electricity. It requires the energy. And this is kind of where Bitcoin ties into the, en the energy industry. And it, the, the dollar itself is backed by oil. Uh, it was Henry Kissinger, I believe, that kind of devised the, you know, the whole uh, petrodollar to begin with. And when he did, it was actually a genius system. It's lasted. It's what kept the dollar from collapsing in the 70s up until now. And it made the dollar the world reserve currency that all countries trade in. Bitcoin fits that better. And this is kind of why it scares them, the central bankers, because they had a plan. They, they've had a plan for some time. I'm sure you heard of Agenda uh, uh, 2030 and uh, with the United Nations and everything. They've had a plan to put in uh, digital currency for some time. Uh, I visited the, uh, the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia back in the, the mid-2000s. And they had a big digital display there where it was called Money in Motion. And you could you, you walk up to the ATM and it's this big screen. And for back then, there there were no big screens. So this was pretty intimidating walking up to this thing. And it's basically an AI talking to you and you scan your microchip and you uh, get your credits and your federal credits. And it, it's just like a, it was kind of, it was mind blowing to me. But this is what they were planning back in the 2000s was this digital currency via microchip. And so but they had it planned out until 2030. So they had plenty of time. They didn't they did not see the the advent of Bitcoin. They did not see that coming. And that kind of turned things up a bit, turned the heat on them to the point where they have to push it you know, faster. And that's why they're now talking instead of 2030, they're talking 2023. They want to get central bank digital currencies for the dollar and for the euro and for the uh, um, uh, the ruble and the yuan and everything in the world. OK, they, they want to get their central bank digital currencies. They want to pump them out quick because they know that if they don't, there's not going to be a chance for them. But, you know, it, it's of my opinion, they don't have a chance. Now, when they uh, attempt to pump out these new currencies that are state-sponsored, are is there going to be investment opportunities on these as well when they launch if you buy them up? Or do you think that they're just going to artificially hold these currencies like right at a dollar? Um, so I, I read their documents, their proposals, and their plans. Uh, this is all very public. The World Economic Forum puts it out and whatnot. And what their plan actually is, is to use this as a form of control, as a way to control the population. Uh, they'll have, they'll no longer be banks. Uh, Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin has the saying, you know, be your own bank, because it does the same thing, where you don't need to have a bank. You can be your own bank. Well, central bank digital currencies do the same thing. What they do is uh, they basically uh, allowed banks to exist all these years because banks did their bidding. 
banks were the businesses that followed the rules so they could exist because Congress or the central bank could just any day say, hey, let's get rid of banks. And they don't want to lose their money, right? They want a piece of the pie. Well, with central bank digital currencies, there is no purpose of banks. Uh, everything's centralized in control and every citizen is tied directly to the central bank. They give you complete permission of what you do with your life. I would think of central banks more like coupons and they're programmable money. Bitcoin's programmable money. But the difference between Bitcoin and, and a central bank digital currency or Ethereum and a, a central bank digital currency is the central bank digital currency is programmed by the central bank. They decide the rules. They decide the laws. They decide your social credit. And this is where the entire social credit system that you see that is uh, now widely adopted in both India and China. And they're trying to, you know, uh, you know, unroll across the world and here in the United States. That's where it ties into these central bank digital currencies. So I was explain I was explaining to Bethany earlier. I was like, if you go into a convenience store and let's say you want to pick up a pack of cigarettes, you, you walk up to the counter and you say, all right, um, I'll get two packs of Marlboro Reds and and they're like and you uh, scan you scan your code on your phone or your card. But as central bank digital currency, you scan that and you get declined for the second pack of cigarette. Why? Because it's bad for your health. You're only allowed one pack of one pack of cigarette a day. So you can only buy with that central bank digital currency one pack of cigarettes a day. So you get one pack of cigarettes, then you go over to the hot dog roller. And you're like, okay, I'm going to get some hot dogs and some chips. And you get declined on that too. Why? Because you already had, you had a hot dog the day before. You can't have too many hot dogs in a week. Why don't you try out this vegan burger? It's got that magic you know, filling inside. And so that magic filling is what they're trying to kind of like get everybody into. You know, cricket burgers, right? <laughs> So, you know, they decide, though, and that's where it's a very dangerous It's programmable. It's very dangerous because you can't just engage in voluntary uh, transactions with people anymore. With Bitcoin, you can always engage in voluntary transactions with anybody in the world. With central bank digital currencies, they decide what you buy. They decide what you're allotted. Now, let's say uh, you were speeding on the highway. Oh, that's uh, uh, negative five uh cbdc's you know central bank digital currencies from your account it's automatic it's tied directly into your all-star system or whatever it is you know and this is the this is what they plan and this is what they this is the only way they can retain control is by absolute control because every time uh tyranny reaches a point where it's cornered it it becomes like a, a violent you know rabbit cat and it lashes out and that's what we see right now it, 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 they can't get by with the amount of control that they had before so they had to become more you know uh, more crazy i got i got kind of a dark question since we're on this kind of dystopian route here and i, I don't want this to sound like i'm poo-pooing bitcoin in any way but like we know probably the government came up with google they came up probably with amazon and facebook who do you think came up with with Bitcoin? Because that's something I've always been really fascinated with. Who was smart enough to kind of come up with this idea? And do you, do you think they could ever take over Bitcoin in some way without without going to the CBDC kind of strategy? 
Uh, they, 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 well, to answer the end, they, they can't take over Bitcoin, uh, and especially uh, going yeah. through that strategy by centralizing everything. Okay. Um, but on the, on the, the, the first part, uh, who, like, who created Bitcoin? So there was Satoshi Nakamoto, supposedly, who created it. Um, of my opinion, something that I've only actually, you know, within the past couple of years started thinking about, like, you know, and I, and I thought about it before. It's quite possible it could have been a government that created it. Got away from them in a way, like the yeah. internet or something like that. Exactly, okay. exactly. And, and the reason being is uh, governments are often corrupt, right? So when the Soviet Union collapsed, you had uh, you had you know an entire collapse of their monetary system. That uh, you had buildings that were being built, they were going up you know across Moscow, and there there stood cranes that were no longer in operation. It was literally a day after the, the communism's gone and nothing's happening. It's a collapse. So you had uh, you had criminals, you had criminal politicians, criminal police. And they outlawed the dollar. But guess what? Everybody was accepting dollars. Why? Because you either accept dollars or you don't eat. And, you know, the corruption still took bribes. So, you know, like that's kind of what I think that they're doing with this. If they did do it, if they created it, they were uh, they were creating something that they could opt out themselves. So, you know. The whole world's basically been a, uh, a point where uh, there was always somebody ruling, whether it be kings, presidents, you know, emperors. Uh, there was always you know, a lord. There was always somebody that ruled, and then there was a lower class serfs. Uh, the, the, the ruling class is always going to want to have an option of freedom. And Bitcoin is that freedom that they're going to use. So it's quite possible that, that that's what they did. Um, I don't know if that's what they did, but, you know, that's my theory. If anything, they gave themselves a uh, exit door. That would make sense. That would make a lot of sense. I have uh, one other question. Bethany, did you have a question? That's interesting. No, thank you. I like how you <laughs> no, explain that. Sorry, I can find my mute button. No, thank you. I'm I'm just listening. It's very uh, interesting. I always uh, it's always great to have you on, Keith. Thanks for coming. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, so what what it boils down to is you know like these central bank digital currencies. I mean, like that's a lot of doom and gloom, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's that becomes a bit overwhelming for most people. Yeah. And I understand it became, it became, you know, when I'm reading their plans that they literally have public, it's it's pretty terrifying. <laughs> um, but like we see in the news and everything, that they have no problem doing such things. But the good news is I don't think that they'll succeed. And I know they won't succeed because we're so far ahead of them. And that's because uh, people naturally want to be free. And people naturally, uh, the, one of the best things that's coded into Bitcoin, and this is is the greed factor. And uh, it's something that a lot of people say is a bad thing about humanity, but something you can't get rid of in humanity. And that's coded into Bitcoin is the greed factor. And same thing with Ethereum, et cetera. So people realize, hey, I can be free and I can have wealth, Right. And I can preserve my family's future. And here I am. I'm sitting here. I'm working for a bank. And I'm coding up a central bank digital currency. And the reason I found Bitcoin is because I have to research what digital currencies are. Um, 
why would I coach something that I'm going to get a universal basic income of an allotted, you know, X amount of thousand dollars every, uh, I'm sorry, somebody's giving me a call. <laughs> um, what? No worries. Oh, I muted myself. So, yeah. So, um, why would I give somebody that? Yeah. Or why would I want to be part of that system? where I'm going to get this standard wage from the government and a coupon because they're sitting there, they're coding it themselves, right? They, uh, it's not, it's not the people that are in charge that code this software. They have to hire software engineers. So the software engineers look at what they're doing and then they look at these alternate currencies, which like Bitcoin and, um, and uh, Ethereum, et cetera, Dogecoin. And they start looking at all the technology behind it and they're like, why am I doing this? I could be over here. And so they jump ship oh, and that okay. talent sucking sound is from that industry, the finance industry and the software industry into this ecosystem. I don't think that they can, they, they can deliver their central bank digital currencies. And when they do, I think it's going to collapse. Mm. Mm. You know, uh, there was all those bankers that disappeared according to a lot of news articles. I would say this was going on, you know, three, four five years ago and you would keep hearing more and more stories um you know banker that was connected to central bank got uh hit on his bicycle you know one jumped out his window and all this stuff do you think that stuff like that somehow ties into this newly emerging um you know the the whole digital currency world or do you think that could just be any random thing i i was just thinking like um you know, maybe there's a war within the system or something. Some people want this. Some people don't. Oh, uh, there's absolutely a war within the system. Uh, best way to look at the people uh, like so like the whole world is run by certain families and they're essentially gangsters and they're competing for, you know, uh, power. So, you know, and there's people behind people. I mean, like we all know that, you know, Biden and Trump were never in charge. They're two bumbling idiots, oh, God. Um, they, they, they're, you know, puppets. So and that's here in the United States. But other places, yeah, there may be some people in charge, like in China um, with uh, President Xi and uh, Putin, you know, like they, they may very well be in charge. Um, I'm not I don't live there and I'm not too cultured on, on their uh, their societies, but it's very possible. But what we do see here is we see a big a big change in the world where the dollar was the reserve currency. Bitcoin is threatening that. It hasn't it hasn't taken the, you know, crown, but at the same time we have uh we have uh Russia and China and India and Brazil with BRIC and they're looking to break free and become a competing world currency. Uh, we, you know, like after the cold, uh, during the cold war, there were two world powers. And then after the cold war, war, there was one world power and one world currency. I think that what we're going to see, and this is just because of the inevitability of chaos and, and w within nature and the system is the break apart of the entire world. I, I really don't, I, I, I do not, you know, the way I see it is, in the end, everything is going to kind of break apart, and mm -hmm. it's going to um, every country, like the United States, is going to break apart. Everything's going to kind of just collapse, and it's going to be a different world. Um, I don't think they want that to happen, 
and they're going to drag their feet to try to keep everything together until the, until the dying end. So yeah, they're they're definitely whacking bankers, or you know, there's people disappearing, and this stuff goes on. Mm. Keith Smith is our guest. Buybtms.com. Uh, don't forget to support Ambella's Talk Network as well, and all the shows on the network. Rained Out Rantcast is coming uh, Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. And the Cole Report uh, this weekend as well. It's going to be a morning show, 8 a.m. Saturday. Right, Aaron? Yes, sir. I, gotta I had a, get my I had shit a quick together. question, too, for Keith. Uh, so it seems like sometimes when the, the stock market kind of takes a dump or it's flat, Bitcoin jumps up. So do you think people are kind of uh, seeking out Bitcoin for kind of like an investment strategy, too, when that happens? I just kind of noticed. I don't know if it happens every time, but... Anytime so, I kind of check into that. Yeah. So Bitcoin's a risk asset. It, it's people, uh, people buy it, uh, you know, as a risky way to save money and also make money. Um, and, and there's another risk asset. You got gold and silver. So if you look at what happened in the 2008 financial crisis, uh, the, the stock market crash, well, gold and silver crashed too. And everything crashed because people were panicking. What they were doing was they were they were selling things and pulling dollars out to be in two dollars. And so, you know, I was pretty disheartened because I'm sitting there watching my silver and gold value drop. And then, you know, I kept on holding it. And within about six months, six months after the bottom of the stock market. The stocks weren't they, like they recovered a little bit, but they weren't really going up. I mean, like people were hurting. It was a 2008 financial crisis. Gold and silver started rocketing. So it was like after the initial bloodbath. And we even saw this back in uh, 2020 with Bitcoin uh, when the stock market crashed and everybody thought it was the end of the world. You know, in that March, um, it it rocketed about six months after. And, you know, that's what that's what happens with these risk assets. People, they pull out, they put in the dollars and they're sitting there. And then all of a sudden they're like, I can't hold these dollars. I got to put them into something. Uh, what we're facing now, which is different than any time in our history, is we, we've got record low unemployment and we have wages that aren't rising and we have massive inflation. This has never happened before. <laughs> and so now you got that you you've got that we're going into a recession. I I, I see that uh, Wikipedia changed the definition for recession today. No. Oh really? And, what did uh, what was that all about? Oh yeah, they they changed they changed the definition of recession. They locked it down so nobody can edit it. Wow. Um, they, so they, they, you know, they're, they're doing this on purpose cause they're trying to hide. Hey, yeah, yeah. We, you, because once everybody starts thinking, Hey, we're going on a recession, people start pulling their money out of things and setting in dollars. And then you've got like a pretty, you know, big economic crisis on your hands. So, you know, it's usually right now people don't have the money that they did, you know, a couple of years ago, this whole thing kind of like, like the, and if you, you could tie this to COVID too. Uh, I, I'm not a believer of COVID. I don't. I don't really believe in, at all in the lies. Um, I'm not scared of it. I didn't get vaxxed or anything, and I never planned to. Um, the first thing that they did with COVID was they, you know, they, they were like, "Oh, here's a." Uh, people were eating bats and this thing got released and we all need to be scared and everything. But if you look a couple months before that in, in 2019, they had, you know, event, uh, I think it was event 201. And then before event 201, they had 
we we had cracks showing up within the financial system, which had me very concerned in the fall of 2019. I was like, uh, I think that the collapse is going to happen because all of these corporations were taking massive massive amounts of overnight repo loans from the Federal Reserve and they were buying their own stock, which should be criminal, by the way, <laughs> and mm -hmm. pumping their stock prices so then they can sell for a profit and then recycle those profits back into the company. Um, so this was, and this was at a rate you, that was never seen do you in think history. That, do you think that COVID in part could be a cover for a, a collapsing um world monetary system and that they wanted to slow the collapse and uh, slow down business and start regulating business with lockdowns to the point of where it'd be like a controlled collapse. 100%, 100%. I think all of this is everything that's happening, the, the, even though, you know, uh, the war in Ukraine, this is all a controlled demolition of the world economy and it's a massive transfer of wealth. Uh, there's a lot of wealth that's fleeing Europe right now. Where's it going? It's like going to Europe and the United States and China. <laughs> so like, you right. know, it's, it's crazy, but this is a, it's probably the biggest transfer of wealth from a region that we've ever seen. Um, the people in Europe right now, they're, they're suffering, but they're really going to suffer come this winter. Uh, you got Germany. Germany only has 20% of the gas coming into its country that it had before. It's going to get really, really, really cold in Germany this winter. And this is all because of Ukraine. I don't think that it is. I, I think there's a lot. I think there was a lot to play here uh, behind the scenes type thing. And it's a controlled demolition. And it ties directly in. And the COVID was uh, basically getting people, everybody uh, prepared for central bank digital currencies. So everybody's, you know, they got their vax cards. This is what they already implemented in India. Everybody that got vaxxed in India has a digital ID and, and then they use those digital IDs for everything now. So, right. It's, you know, like and for it, all it, we it, know, the vaccine had uh, nano trackers in it or some shit. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, we don't know. I mean, what we do know is it's not a vaccine. They changed the Wikipedia changed the definition of what a vaccine is. It's not a vaccine. OK, <laughs> so it's not. A, we know that. And, and, and we see people that are suffering from it, the side effects from it. Um, we also know, uh, even though that Joe Biden said that the vaccine uh, will prevent getting uh, uh, keep you from getting COVID. I mean, yeah. How many times was he you know, given the vaccine and he just caught COVID? Unless, you know, like he was talking about somebody else because of his dementia. But uh, it, it, it just goes to show that he, the whole thing is a big lie. So it's a cover for something. So they told us that bats gave the uh, gave the, the COVID. Right. So everybody was, you know, pretty hung up on bats and they focused on bats. So then they weren't looking at Wuhan and they weren't looking at the, you know, the, the research the, that was going on there. Well, same thing with monkeypox right now. Now they're they're trying to get monkeypox out there and get everybody all riled up about monkeypox. And what are they blaming? They're blaming the the homosexual LBGT community, and they're saying that they're the ones that are spreading it. But they're trying to say it in such a way that they don't come across bigoted. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not where it came from. It came from Wuhan too. So you've got this disease that's being manufactured <laughs> and distributed around the world engineered these diseases but they're engineered in such a way they don't actually kill people really okay they're not they, they they're engineered to spread 
So they do kill people, but they don't kill people at a rate like Ebola does, where like, you know, if I had Ebola and I walk in a room, everybody else is getting Ebola. And basically everybody in that room is going to die before they spread it. <laughs> and that's, you know, it not engineered like that. Uh, but it's definitely something that exists because I've got family members. I got friends that got sick with it and they got really sick, but they they survived. I just don't think that it was what they say it is, and it was used for a purpose. That's what I think, too. I I, I think it's like you're saying, you know, maybe they just uh, ramped the PCR tests up to uh, track a vigilant strain of the flu or cold or something. I don't know. But um, so if they're backed into this corner, they the economy theoretically is collapsing or was going to collapse. So they decided to do an induced um you know, closing of it, like it's slowing down because too, like, do you guys remember when the federal reserve came out and said due to COVID, they were like shutting down some of their operations or moving some of their stuff. Um, and it's, that seemed a little weird, uh, as well. And then the whole interest rate, uh, thing. And, and now that Biden is coming out today and saying, that there's no recession. Essentially, everything's perfectly fine. There's no recession at all whatsoever. Do um, where do you think the next uh, step for this is to go? Because you know, if they've got this plan, this trickle in plan and trickle out of the uh, dollar, um, they might need another manufactured crisis. To uh, they might need another Pearl Harbor to uh, kick this in gear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the next the next thing's coming for sure with a, a Pearl Harbor. Like I said monkeypox could be a thing in my opinion to to make that happen. And, and with the Fed too, I don't know what the the strategy is here, but they're talking about in twenty twenty three they're going to start backing off on these rate hikes and drop the money back down. So they could be just just getting people kind of this state of fear, and then and then just dump, dump uh, opening up the the pipeline of money again and. That could cause like stagflation or hyperinflation. Keith, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, both. It, it could cause both. Um, and I think we're already in a state of stagflation, and that's why they're doing the rate hikes. They're trying to con- because stagflation's kind of technically worse than than inflation, um, not worse than hyperinflation. But that's where they dance this dangerous line of money that has no law behind it. It's a lawless money. They, they act like they're, you know, there's laws, but now there's no laws behind this money. Uh, they just print this money uh, willy nilly. Uh, right. But before before COVID. OK, so I think it was March 23rd. I can get fact checked on that, but it was in March of 2020. Uh, the, the Federal Reserve changed their policy that all banks should have a fractional reserve. Uh, that means a portion of a reserve for the amount of money that they loan out. They repealed that. It's no longer a fractional reserve system. That means the creature Jekyll Island, the great book by G. Edward Griffin, is no longer it no longer applies. It's not a fractional reserve system anymore. So that means that we're going to eventually see a hyperinflationary uh, mm-hmm. event, and we may see it. Uh, and I believe we'll see it much sooner than you know I've ever felt in my entire life. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, what they're doing is they're kind of trying to retract the economy to try to prevent that from happening. And if you ever, you guys ever hear of the the milkshake theory? No. What What's that all about? I haven't. 
So the milkshake theory is, you know, uh, because the dollar is the world reserve currency uh, during a global collapse, uh, everybody in, you know, foreign countries will seek dollar assets as it because the dollar will be stronger than their fiat currencies in their country as a way to the dollar is kind of like their Bitcoin. It's a way to preserve their wealth and they'll buy U.S. stocks and everything. And that's what we've seen so that it's no longer a theory. The dollar milkshake is now a dollar milkshake fact. That's what happened. And that's what we see continuing today. People overseas are flooding into U.S. dollar priced assets in the United States as a way to preserve their wealth. Now, there's a problem with that because that pushes the value of the dollar up and mm -hmm. too much of a valuable dollar continues their descent into madness and collapse in their countries. And it rapidly devalues their currencies like we see with the yen right now. And, and we're, we're seeing with all currencies outside of the dollar uh, right now, it's basically the dollar and the ruble are the only two strong currencies in the world. So, you know, that's happening. But at the point where that stops, that's when the party stops. And that can happen as soon as, you know, say China, say, say we go to war with China and Taiwan or something. And China says, you know what, all these treasuries, all these dollars, because what they do is they pull in dollars from trade. They don't actually they put those dollars in a vault and they save them. They're saving them for a day to dump them on the market. And so when all those dollars come back and then our economy collapses and we've got excess amount of dollars that's when we see hyperinflation because people have so many dollars i mean i even notice i see the inflation noticeably i've got so much cash i'm like i got a lot of cash like here you know like this type of cash like 20 years ago i felt like i was rich <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah and, and i'm walking around with this in my wallet just so i can like <laughs> like you know like go buy one piece of steak <laughs> yeah like you got to have a whole wallet full yeah. Uh. And, yeah, no, and it's crazy. So, like, and, and people are going to, they're going to notice it suddenly. And, and, and that's what we see right now. People suddenly notice the inflation. Pretty soon you'll and need then, a wheelbarrow to, to buy a steak uh, and then a semi truck. Yeah. Mm, crazy. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. And plug anything you want on the way out and let people know where to find you on social media. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Smiley Gnome. Awesome, man. Uh, Twitter's got me pretty much uh, shadow banned up. <laughs> Great show, guys. I appreciate it. That's awesome. I think the listeners learned a lot. I learned a lot. Um, crypto. I got to get me some more crypto. I sold a lot of my crypto and I made some money. Um, but now I need to get back into it and just hold it, I guess. I don't know. Thanks, yeah, Bethany. Thank Thanks, Aaron. Yep, thank you very much. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for coming on, Keith. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Chief. ATN.live. Don't forget to support the network. Scroll down to the bottom of the page and donate. Keep the network alive. ATN.live. And five-star that podcast if you're one of the podcast people. You better start five-star it. Go five-star it right now. Do one. Do a review.
itn.live. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.